0: Okay, so we're going to jump in back to our Sicha journey. Mamsha a privilege as always to learn with all of you. Thank you all for joining. I think, I'm not sure, but I think Misvara that this time works better for Chevra, being lunchtime in America, I guess, and maybe post bedtime, uh, at least with the kids in Eretz Yisrael and right after work over here in UK. So we're going to try to stick to this time. It does look, Baruch Hashem, like it works out for the Hebra. So thank you for joining. And I'm super excited because this is a series that I really did not want, Chas V'shalem, that malik should creep in and stop us along the derech, along the journey, the class trip. And um, Baruch Hashem did it. I was very, very really thinking about all the time. You know, when are we going to restart it? And I'm happy, Baruch Hashem, that things are settled enough not very settled, but settled, settled enough to be able to start um, this series of Shiram again. So thank you all for joining, and, uh, and let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. We're up to Sicha Nunzayim. So I'm going to share the screen so we can see the sources for the Heber that are on the Zoom and on Facebook. And let's jump in to Sicha Saran Nunzayim. And again, my greatest expression of Akhar Sataiv to all of you for taking time to learn with me, to learn with us. What is chus. Says the Halegar Rebbe, Khsiya Gnalay Ranan Zayn. writing, that Mikhoidem, a while back, before Rib was recording these words, Rabbi Nachman had told over Shadime Bachirusai that in the Rebbe's early younger days, he had tremendous, tremendous fear of dying, of death, which is very apropos for these times, and for these times, but specifically for this time in the year, that we sat on Rosh Hashanah and are going to say again on Yom Kippur, Rebbe Nachman had a fear, a, 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 um, a phobia of death, an interesting word, not just, he was scared of, like in and of himself, he worked up this fear, almost an irrational fear of death. And in response, counterintuitive to what one might think, and is going to make a big deal about this now, in response, instead of distracting himself, thinking about everything else but death, no. He made death and dying al-Kiddush Hashem a focus and a focal point of his avoda. Avodah. And he continued in this way for a very long period of time. kama, And Rabbi Nachman said that he didn't know exactly how much time was spent on this particular avoda but this Ibn Ahmad said he did indeed know. It was a tremendous length of time. Months, weeks, close to a year, There, Ibn was consistently Davening that he should have the privilege of dying al Hashem. Or most people maybe think of dying, I don't know, once you know, in a while, even though Chazal say it's a good thing. Dami Basa, as we're going to learn from her But for a person that has a phobia of death to be thinking about this to the point that more than three, four, five times a day, in the standard Tefilas, as well as in his Hespedidos, Nachman was davening about this. That's a tremendous thing. To the point that he says not one. His spoded a session, not one davening went by, that Rabbi Nachman did not request this, that he should have the privilege of dying al Hashem. says Rub specifically because of Rabbi Nachman's great fear of dying, Al his davening that he should be able to go ahead and give his life al-Kidish Hashem, that itself, because of his great fear, was He says, This itself, this itself counted as a degree of giving up his life for al in the sense that he was so terrified of dying. That the mere thought of it, and certainly davening about it, and putting himself in such a vulnerable position to ask Hashem, "Take me, take me, Al Kiddush Hashem," that itself was a tremendous mesirah nefesh. That itself required a tremendous amount of commitment and sacrifice of his emotional uh, uh, um, state to daven about such a thing that he was so naturally afraid of. Because he was so terrified. Of thinking about death, that he pushed himself and forced himself specifically about this thing, that he should spend a lot of time trying to turn this itself into an avoda. And here Abnasen finishes and he says, And from Rabbi Nachman's divulgence, or divulging that this is what he had gone through and that this was his avoda, Rabnasen learned a very important lesson. That the thing that is overpowering a person and that a person finds him or herself completely trapped in. That very thing, that itself is an indicator as to what our primary avoider needs to be. So it's not that when we find that there's something that we find uncomfortable or something that's difficult for us or something that we're even failing in, which we'll see from Rav Tzaddik in a minute, Rav Tzaddik's famous piece, Memtes and Sikhisat Tzaddik, which I think we even learned before, maybe even in the, even in the context of this series, but I, I think that we've, we've learned it in the past in, in some form or other. But on the, on the contrary, a person needs to be on the lookout to ask himself, what is that thing that runs contrary to my nature, it's a scavenger hunt. Hashem is putting hints in place so that if we're going to go ahead and focus specifically on those points, we're going to find them to be portals that take us to the place that we need to go. To the avoid us, Hashem, that we were specifically sent down into this world to work on, to fulfill, to accomplish. So Rabbi Nassim says we see from the way that Rabbi Nachman treated this natural fear of death or this natural inclination to want to stay on this world and not to leave for fear of what the next world looked like or, as we're going to see, make a for expectation of what this world might look like and the desire to stay around and the fear of leaving, the fear of the unknown. Rabbi Nachman said, Ah! This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu showing me what he wants me specifically to work on and to push in this direction, Dafka, this is going to lead me to my Shlemaz. So, Rav says again, It's specifically this thing that's overpowering a person that the person is stuck in. This is what the person needs to work on. This is where we need to put the bulk of our focus. Because this is the bulk of the person's focus. And Rav is Mitzayi, and Rem-Nasin points us to the Gemara in Dafnun Dalid, Where the Gemara says, The Gemara goes through why we needed why we needed all of the different elements. Because the Gemara says different people are committed to different aspects of life. To some people, the most precious thing is their life, their continued existence in this physical form. To other people, the Gemara says there's a person that his property is more important to him than 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 his personal life. And to another person, every person has something that they are committed to, connected to, that they care so much about, that they're fearful of losing. And the Gemara tells us that specifically we need to be ready to give up. We need to be ready to give up. Not because the Kodesh Baruch Hu intends to come and take something from us, but because the whole purpose of life in the first place is for the ultimate greater purpose, or the capital P, of spiritual Endeavors of our ultimate mission to serve HaKadosh Baruch as best as we can, to live consciously of Him, to invite Him into our lives. And so if there's going to be a part of our life that we're so committed to that we're not willing to give it up for this broader, ultimate purpose that means that there's some part of us that hasn't fully accepted that this is what life's about. haadam. Like Shlomo Amalekh finishes Kohelas, this is all of, all of man. And all the while that there's still a part of my life that I consider more important than that ultimate, ultimate goal. So that means that I'm not fully plugged in. Not that a Kodesh Baruch was looking to make me sacrifice something. It's a question of how, how uh, aware I need to become about what life is truly about. And so that's what Ibn Asen says. Ibn says says, well, find the thing that you find most challenging. And it's that thing that we need to be ready to give up. It's that thing we need to be ready to be moister nefesh for, to commit ourselves toward, to work on as best as we possibly can. Now, this topic of death in Breslov is a very fascinating one, we find that it comes up in numerous places, both by Rabbi Nachman and by Rabbi Nassim. and it's so elemental that I want to take some time even though it's not the main point here the main point is challenge and, and really committing ourselves to overcoming our challenges and this, that, our challenges point us in the way of what we need to work on and we're going to learn this is true in Sur Mirah, in the sense of what to stay away from we're going to see from Reb Tzaddik, but it's also true in the sense of Toiv. we'll get to, from the Deverei Cheskel of Shinov, of, Shinn, of Hashem. But before seeing those sources, I want to take a look at some foundational Brestle of sources on this concept of death and, and, and the role it plays in the breast of our consciousness. So let's take a look at Avaneha Barzel Aleph, the very first piece in the Sefer, that brings some extra biographical material about Reb Nasan that wasn't included in Yemei Maranat. In Aranat is Rav Nassim's autobiography. Avanaat Barzal brings further uh, biographical information about Rav Nassim's earlier life and other elements um, about, about Rav Nassim and about Breslover Chassidim Bechlal. So he writes over here in Avanaat Barzal, in the first piece about Rav Nassim, that when Rav Nassim was a little child, Nichnas Yom Hamisa. It entered into his heart the awareness of the fact that all of us are going to die one day. Nobody get out of this world alive, right? <laughs> at the, at the, this is the end. The end is that a person is going to leave the world. He says, <laughs> He says that, Remnassan's way was to sit at Mizrahvant in front of the shul with all the elderly Mizrah And he was familiar with all the all, all the Zakanim that used to come to shul and sit there in the front wall. And they thought he was so cute and they were playing with him and and, and uh and and they were they were familiar with him, he was familiar with them. Upamachas one time. When Ramban was still a child, one of those zakenim left the world, as is the way of the elderly. and Ramban never encountered such a strange thing, so he asked his grandfather, Where did he go?" and he asked his grandfather it's like Danzig, and he answered him, he died." The shal, Sir asks. What does that mean? What does it mean to die? And his father explains to him, there's a goof, and there's the neshama, his grandfather rather, and the neshama left the body. So, so he asked, okay, so what do we, what do, we do with the body? And he answered, we put it in the, in the ground, and we cover it with dust, with, with dirt, with earth. From the time that Urb was very young, The first time he encountered the concept of death, From the time that Rabbi was a little child, because of this experience, he found this to be extremely challenging. What is this? This is the ultimate purpose of this whole world? Can this be? That the ultimate purpose is Olam Hazeh, which ultimately culminates in this that a person is put in the ground and covered in earth? How can that be? And so from that time, his heart began to become inflamed. And he started to focus and search after what's the ultimate purpose of the world. And this search. Did not give him any rest. Even when he went from tzaddik to tzaddik, tzaddikim like the Verdichever, and tzaddikim, unbelievable lofty tzaddikim, or G'dalia of Linets, and other gigantic tzaddikim. All the while, there, Ravnassan felt that there was a great spiritual light, but that still there was some kind of institutional focus on this worldliness. Ravnassan wasn't satisfied. Because he couldn't handle, he couldn't be so evil, anything that wasn't plugged into this ultimate, ultimate picture. Even if it was in the way of, of, in the context of religion, in the context of spirituality, in the context of Ruchnias, in the context of a chesidus, in the context of a community, in the context of a shul or a yeshiva, Rabbi could could be soivalev. And the chevra throughout history, from the time of Rabbeinu Akkadesh all the way on, that have found themselves drawn to Breslov specifically, are those that have this same tchunas ha There's an unwillingness, and and not even an unwillingness consciously, just this inability to handle anything that's not tachlis-oriented, which in our terminology, of course, in the context of the Lost Princess, the story of our lives, we speak about malchus as being the ultimate purpose, the focus, the soul, what drives things. Not to get caught up on politics and smallness and, and, and feelings and hurt feelings. And this one doesn't talk to that one and that one doesn't talk. It's all sh'tiyot, it's shigayon, ain't uzman, chevra. There's no time for this. So all of us know this. All of us are plugged into this kind of consciousness. But still it requires reminders and reminders because the world is so great at distracting us. The world is so great at serving as this grand optical illusion to make us forget. So we need constant, constant, constant reminders. But I think that all of us share this same tchuna. We're looking for the tachlis. What's the ultimate purpose of all of this? And anything that doesn't align with that vision, a elan uzman. We can't handle it. And Nasan therefore went from tzaddik to tzaddik to tzaddik until he came to Rabbeinu HaKadosh where there was nothing else but Hashem. There Ibn Rebbeinachman said in his own terminology, he said, what is there for a Jew to do in this world? Davening and learning and davening." Rabbi Nachman was so frustrated when Hasidim would come to him and ask for business advice. Even though he understood that a person needs to have a parnasa, He understood that there are practical matters that need to be dealt with. But he said, this is your focus. This is what you come to me for. Rabbi Nachman says it has to be seen in the context of the ultimate Tachlis. Of course, Hashem, we're human beings and we're social People and we and we have connections and we have the basic practical aspects of day to day life, whether it's work or whether it's family or whether it's community or whether it's yeshiva, or wherever stage we are, whatever age we are, whatever background we're from, whatever our circumstances are, we're humans. But the Rebbe says, don't allow yourself to get dragged down into the details and circumstances of the human condition to the point that we forget. What's the purpose of the human condition? What's the ultimate tachlis of our being in this world in the first place? Yisrael The first thing, the premise needs to be Yisrael. Needs to be we're yidin, we're yidin. And we have a mission through all of the details and through all of the circumstances never to lose touch with the ultimate, ultimate soif davar. Ha'kal nishma eselikim to develop a consciousness of awe, a consciousness of perception of the godliness that surrounds us and the godliness that we are demanded to reveal in the world. And we're empowered to reveal in the world. That's the ultimate tachlis. And so Abnussin, from the time that he was very young, began already to ask this question because of his experience with death when he was a child. From that time, Rabbi Nachman, Nasan, had this question, and it still bothers him, and it still impacts him. And Rabbi Nasan would have this question echoing in his mind all the time. He's walking on the street, and he looks around. He says, "Really, this is the tachlis? This, this is the tachlis?" A bigger house, a nicer car, a fancier program, a this, a that. This is the tachlis. I mean, come on. There's got to be something bigger. And there is. And we can choose to live in alignment with it. And we are. But it requires a void. And then then it goes on to something else. This was Rabbi Nachman's experience of death in the beginning. Now, reason to believe that Rabbi Nachman, who had a fear of death, also approach the concept of misa with this awareness with this perspective because this is the perspective of a great person this is the reflection or ibn had this kind of a reaction when he was a kid the memoir we learned from ibn nachman ibn nachman said was in Bime bacharusa which is a later stage so reason to believe it seems Pashit that Rebbe Nachman also understood that ultimately this is not the tachlis of life, is not living in this world. What was the big fear? What was the big fear by the Rebbe? What was the pachad of Misa? I think it's logical to say, again, it's just a suggestion, but I think it's likely to say that Rebbe Nachman's primary focus vis-à-vis this world in the context of death was that he wanted to live so that he would be able to fulfill the purpose that the neshama came down to the world to fulfill this ultimate purpose, and he had a pachad gadol from dying. He had a pachad from it because he wanted to be in this world. He understood that there was an in the Indian of al Kiddush Hashem, if the situation would present itself and it's a Shasa it's, it's, shmad or it's a situation where a person is mamish, required to give his life, but there's no choice and the person is literally being led to the slaughter. Rabbi Nachman understood that there's an avoid there, but the Rebbe valued life. And from that stage of Rabbi Nachman in his Yemei Bacharusa, in his early days, he still had this kind of of of, of youthful, idealistic, hopeful perspective on the world, which was that this world could really be a special place. This world is where it's at. And that was the Rebbe's primary primary perspective on this world to the point that And still, like Rab Nassim points out, Rabbi Nachman found it fit to go ahead and still to push forward and to Davin, that he should have the privilege of giving his life al-Kiddush Hashem because he said, if this is my struggle, this must be where I need to put the bulk of my focus, which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. But then you find a tremendous thing. Again, this is sort of, it's all suggestions into the psyche of Rabbi Nachman, so to speak, historically. What he experienced in his life, different stages, different levels of awareness and perspective a Little bit later on in the Rebbe's life, when the Kutamaran was printed, the Kutamaran Tinyana, which was printed at the very, very end of Rabbi Nachman's life, actually printed the year after Rabbi Nachman had died, but it was collected while Rabbi Nachman was alive, and the Rebbe reviewed every word of it. We find a bit of a different expression about this world. And the Rebbe says like this Anava Amar, Rabbi Nachman announced, and he said, Anava Amar Abeinu He ne'akol Oimrim. Everybody says that there's this world and there's the world to come. This okay. world. We believe that there's a world to come. Right? The world to come, we believe in a thing called. Then he said in his own beautiful, inimitable way, Maybe there's also a this world, somewhere, in some other place. Because this world doesn't quite look like Olam it looks very much like hell. This is what the Rebbe said. Again, this is the Rebbe who lost his first wife, four children, suffered terribly from tuberculosis, was, was subject to extreme levels of persecution and ridicule and misunderstanding and, and every kind of suffering. The, Rebbe, the Rebbe's tune a little bit changes on Eulamah from his Yemei Baharusa, where he's so panicked to leave the world because, but this world. And then you see that as the Rebbe got a little bit older, okay, his perspective shifted. Now again, this doesn't mean that he was ready to go. Rabbi Nachman understood that this world needs Avoidah. We're here and it's the most life-affirming sentence. Not that, oh, this world looks like Gehenem, so we have one foot out the door anyway. We don't take much seriously. It's a futile uh, endeavor to, to take this world seriously. No. The more Rabbi Nachman died, hazeh, in a sense of this world having value in and of itself, the more Rabbi Nachman saw this world through the lenses of spirituality. That this world without HaVadus HaShem's Gehenem, Mamash Gehenem, he realized this world has no value in and of itself, but there's a Voida to be done here. And if we can, Rabbi Nachman says in another place, you could have two people, one of them is sitting in and I'm sorry, one of them, both are sitting in Gan Eden, to one he's experiencing all the Shai Olamas, and to one he's Mamash experiencing Gehenem. And when you put those two teachings together, It seems that Ibn Nachman could have there also been speaking about this world because it's a perception of Gehenna. But if we so choose to connect to what we're supposed to be connecting with, We could experience that. But you see that as the Rebbe moved along, his focus... And perspective on this thing called became a little bit more complex. And you find this reflected in Chaim Aran as well, quite dramatically. This is in Chaim Aran toward the end, 445, where it says that there were a number of people that came before Rabbi Nachman that were very terminally ill, extremely sick. And he saw that their mamash they're reaching the end of the rope. And Rebbe Nachman began to give them chizak. What do you have to worry about? Over there on the other side is a world of, of glory. Over there on the other side is a world of So Over there on the other side is a world of freedom. Binah Haba associated with cherus. Freedom, freedom from all the constraints that hold us down. Now again, this is coming from the same person that we just described two minutes ago, a couple of minutes ago. That Fascinatingly, through Avoidah, Ibn Nachman came out on the other side also aided by this worldly yisurim, that further and further qualified his relationship with this world to the point that again he took this world very seriously. He appreciated the possibilities and opportunities that this world afforded for a yid to mamish reveal godliness dear betachtoynim. But on the other hand, he stopped fearing misa. He stopped fearing it. There was now something to look forward to. There was now a greater perspective both on Olam Abba as well as on Olam hazeh, which was stripped away from all of whatever possible tainug he perceived he may be able to experience in this world. This world only became for the Rebbe, utility. Mamash utility. And this enabled the Rebbe to further grasp the Hasaga of Reb Nassim, that the Tachlis, the ultimate Tachlis is, is the next world. You find even more uh, 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 pa- powerful and even more meduyak in the very next piece in Chaim Aran, which of course runs the same theme. Pam Achas, one time, a mandul of fun of Reb says, We sat before the Rebbe, We stood before him on the Sunday after Shabbos Nachan. Because Reb Nachman in Uman lived very close to the cemetery where ultimately he would be buried or Benachman actually moved to Uman for the purpose of ultimately being able to be buried in that holy, holy, incredible cemetery where Nebuchadnezzar thousands and tens of thousands of Yedin were murdered in Gzeraz and the Chalmaniki massacres, where it's described that the streets of Uman ran like a river with Jewish blood, men, women, children, tens of thousands, impossible to even even, even think about. So... Because he lived in proximity to the uh, to the cemetery, they heard boichim, that there was a lavaya. And everybody was walking after the mace and they were screaming and crying, um, haspid, um, alav, and they were giving haspidim, and they were saying how terrible it is. Anava amar. And Rabbi Nachman announced and he said, and again, this is toward the end of his life, toward the end of the Rebbe's life because Uman was the very, very end. And this is sort of the full Journey that Rabbi Nachman took from the time of his Yimei Bacharusa, which by the way wasn't a very long journey, sadly. Nebuch, he was Nifter at 39 years old, 38 years old, 39 years old. But ultimately, it wasn't a very long period of time since he made Bacharusa. But nonetheless, we see a complete switch in the Rebbe's terminology. And he said in Yiddish, Der meis ke'em He says, This, this uh, meis, this, this dead person is, is in all likelihood laughing. And he's probably laughing at all these people walking behind who are crying and mourning and, 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 and in such a great deal of pain and a sense of loss and fear. Because they're crying because this person had left the world. And to the mace, what this sounds like is, they're saying, Oh, it would have been so much better if you would have spent more time in this world. Good, so you could have suffered even more. You could have suffered even more. That's what he's hearing them. That's what it sounds like to him, having been freed from this place. Mamish, freed from it. Not because he opted to leave, but because he reached the end of his shlichus. And that's what it is. It's a shlichus. It's a shlichus. This is not a place that we get comfortable with. None of us should ever feel comfortable here. If we start feeling comfortable, it's not a good sign. And sometimes this is something that like us, we feel, if only we could be normal. Right? If only we could just be like everybody else where we're satisfied and settled and not worried all the time and anxious and existentially uh, 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 confused or, or, or thinking about the big questions and frustrated that the world is not perfect. It's the biggest gift in the world. This is what it's supposed to feel like. The second that we feel that this is where we belong, it's a red light on the dashboard. Something's off. Something's off. We are normal, Hebra. This is normal. It's the rest of, 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 of humanity, I don't know, you know. it's the rest of Heber that start to really feel that they could settle in this world and they grow comfortable. That's not normal. That's not normal. Because we absolutely need to keep the focus of the ultimate Tachlis, not to waste time not to waste time, especially now we could speak like this because we're mamish before Yom Kippur. What's Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur, Arab Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is mamish a day of Misa. Mamish, Misa Mano We wear white, like a mace. No eating, no drinking, no physical uh, 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 perception of, of, of physical gratification. It's mamish one day away, away. And is there any more beautiful, blissful experience than that? It's a little bit of a taste, just to give us chizik. Just to give us chizik about what Olam haba must feel like. How the Neshama must soar when it leaves this constricted body. And to the degree that we feel this way, paradoxically, to the degree that a person gets this consciousness, which seems very pessimistic, it seems like a hopeless, uh, uh, almost like... Uh, there's a word that I'm looking at, like a cynical, it it seems like a very lowly perception in this world. Like Rabbi Nachman couldn't have been in a good mood most of the time with this kind of perspective. It's so sarcastic. It's so dark. Paradoxically, to the person that is plugged into the ultimate tachlis, this awareness increases our interest in this world. Increases. Gives us hope. Gives us chizig. And it seems like it wouldn't. It seems like it would be the opposite. It seems like this would, this would lead a person to, to, to want Chas Hashan to be just to, just to, to leave. It seems like the rational thing to do almost. No, to the contrary. To the contrary. This kind of perception allows us to strip away the illusion of what most of the people in the world are, 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 are viewing this world as and to begin to mamish see this world. To mamish see this world. Yeah, because it's Gehenna. Oh, but then you start to feel the kind of aid that's possible to be perceived in this world. Because you don't get caught up in the illusion of it. You don't get caught up in the delusion of it. But you're mamish able to connect to the truth, to the real truth, to the real truth that so few people get to really hold on to. And even if they have flashes of it, to mamish live our lives this way, to be koveya eating in a realm that floats beyond lush and Hara, in a realm that floats beyond jealousy and anger and, and, and pettiness and lowliness, to be koveya eaten, That is where we spend our time. I'm being mechazek myself because it's difficult. But ultimately, we need chazara. We need to remind ourselves, what is it about? What is this all about? to keep ourselves plugged into this ultimate focus it's nothing it's nothing it's a waste. Not only is it nothing it's a it's a place of Yisurim. it's a place that leads to no ultimate fulfillment I nebuch that's so pessimistic that seems so uh, 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 there's a word that I can't remember right now that seems so yeah so, so dark. No, to the contrary. It enables me to skip over all of the stuff that most people are trapped in and push it, just not to pay any heed to it, to soar above it and to live a life of Gan Eden in what would otherwise be Gehenem with very, very little in the way of an in-between middle ground because this place is not Olam Hazed. It's either Gehenem, like Rabbi Nachman said, or it's Gan Eden. And it's Gan Eden to the extent that we are convey ourselves completely and entirely in a realm of existence that takes zero of this world into account but stays focused on why we are here, moment to moment, looks past the illusion. Looks past the illusion. So Yimacham said, that's probably what this mace is thinking. Nebuchadnezzar, these people. Really? Halavaya would have stayed in this world and suffered more. He's saying, guys, leave it. Leave it, laugh a little bit. Realize there's something beautiful. You know, in some traditions, not in ours, in some traditions, it's, it's, a, it's a celebration. The funeral is with, 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 with musical instruments. That, so, of course, the Torah takes into account the fact that we're human beings. And that we have a need to mourn and that it's important for us to go ahead and to set aside Shiva and Shloshim and Shana and so on and so forth. Because the Torah takes into account the fact that we're people and we're expected to, to feel like humans and we can't live, uh, you know, in, in, in disassociation from the human condition. It's true. But ultimately, this is where we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to this kind of paradoxical perspective where on the one hand, we laugh at this world and we don't take this world seriously. On the contrary, we're aware that this world is primarily a place of pain. But on the other hand, we are mamish, mamish living fully, taking advantage of every moment of life that we're gifted while not fearing Misa. We don't fear it and we don't dread it. On the contrary, sometimes, this might be really weird to some of you, I really look forward to it. And I hope I live to 120 days, Rosh Hashem. I really look forward to it. And I love life. And Baruch Hashem, I have a beautiful family and, 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 and Baruch Hashem, I'm zeichet, to do the, 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 the work, I shouldn't call it work, the that I'm engaged in and I love all of you and Baruch Hashem. I know so many Yidin, but I'm not so connected to this place. I'm certainly not connected to this body. I'm not connected to this place. This is not where I feel at home. I don't feel at home for one minute. I never feel at home. Certainly not here in London. But even in Eretz Yisrael, I don't feel at home here. I don't feel at home. We shouldn't feel at home. And it's good. It's okay. As long as you're able to add the other element in and not get stuck in that kind of pessimistic, cynical, dark perspective. But you're able to then allow yourself to use that as a portal to mamish, live life fully. Live life fully, but without the phobias of, oh no, what's going to be, and what's going what's to be. Everything's going to be great. This world is a little bit of a joke about tishak liyayim We're sent here for a couple of years and we play the game and we the, spiel. The whole thing is, a, is, is it's fun. It's a game. It's cute. Even the pain and even the frustration and even the anxiety and even the, and, and even the challenges. And, and, and there's a perspective of a tishak liyayim acharin. Oz we don't take this world so seriously. And you know what happens when we get into that perspective? We start to take it very, very seriously. But in a lighter way. Taking it seriously because of the value that it holds for the grand picture, the grand scheme of things. But I don't identify as a body, and I don't identify my physical house as a permanent space. There's nothing permanent. I'm an ashama, and I'm a Chilak Alek Kami Mal, and I was sent to this world on a Shlichah's. I don't fear going. Go, I don't fear going. I don't take this world too seriously. I'll enjoy the time that I that I have here, and I hope that this kind of consciousness will enable me to stay focused on my ultimate tachlis. And this is the breast lover consciousness, which again is paradoxical, because it sounds very non-breastlove. It sounds very hopeless. But adarab if you can really plug into it, this is the seat of hope. Rabbi Nachman doesn't say, I. Oh, we have to stay away from Yish. Rabbi Nachman says, even in Yish, there's no Yish. Go into Yish, person could go into Yish. You could feel like you, like you gave up, it's good. Even there, there's no Yish. Because it's a shift of perspective that doesn't deny the fact that there are challenges in life. It's very deep, it's much deeper than that. It's, it's like post-modern. It, it's not. It's it doesn't deny the fact That there are challenges and difficulties. It doesn't say, no, everything's good. It's all good. Everything's great. No, it doesn't say that. It says, no, this world is not even Olamazeh. This world is Gehenem. This world is a place of Yisurim. It recognizes that. And it finds within there, it finds hope. There, not despite that. Because of that, it finds hope. Because we utilize challenge, and we utilize feeling in dissonance with our place, and our condition, and our humanity. We use that as an opportunity to then refresh our perspective on as it should be lived. Am I, is this making sense? It's a, it's a dark idea. Do you hear it? Because this, mamish, I believe with all my heart, that this is one of the most important in Bresla. If we can get this consciousness down, you can get the rest of 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 Rabin. You can see where Ravina is talking from, like what what place he's speaking from. To so the majority of people, the majority of even Yidin, they can't get this. It can't. It's too hard for them to, to grasp because it's so paradoxical. And you have to be in a neshama that suffers a little bit. You have to be in a a neshama that's plugged into this. I happen to believe that a great number of neshamas in our generation are of this nature. I need mean, to be addressed in a way that they can feel that they're being spoken to for real. And that's part of my mission, certainly here, but the halal, and it's all of our mission. So I do believe that there are a lot of us, but it takes a certain kind of yid to really hear it and to be able to laugh in the face of despair, not despite it, but because of it. And it's very amok. It's very, very deep. It's very, very deep. And it's very unique. And it's very breastless. Very, very breastless. So don't be fooled a lot of the Heber, maybe even some of the people here, some of the people are going to be listening to this, some of the sweet Jews that I'm Zohar to learn with, directly or indirectly. You might be new to Breslev. And to you, Breslev is dancing on top of a car and Mitzvah is besimcha tamid and everything's good. And, and some pe- to some people, Breslov is completely removed from reality. And it's like unhealthy because it's so, it, it doesn't take into account the fact that there are troubles. And a good Baruch Hu wants us to deal with troubles and recognize that this world is a broken place. Really? That's all we're supposed to do all day? But the answer is it's far deeper than that. It's not dancing away from despair. It's dancing inside despair. In the beginning of the story of the law, of the seven, beggar, seven beggars, Rabbi Nachman says, now, and it's printed in some editions, and in some editions they alter the wording a little bit, but in the old editions it says, Rabbi Nachman announced and he said, Now I will tell you how they used to rejoice within the despair. In, in, in further editions they wrote now I will tell you how they used to rejoice and then it stops but in the old editions the breast that still understood that that wasn't a mistake <laughs> because it doesn't sound like a normal sentence now I will tell you how they rejoiced from within despair no, the old editions they understood this sowed how to let go of this world and thereby connect to the soul of it And how to develop a consciousness that could be so evil. Could be so evil things in this world because our expectation is not so high. And it can also look upon death and leaving this world in a much healthier, healthier way. And in the middle, it enables us to live life fully with both hands. Connecting to the soul of the experience of the human condition. I would say, the, the, to, the, to, the, to the ultimate purpose of really Sicha which is the very end, where Amnasen says that from here we saw, because this is all like sort of a muscle it's sort very of important, obviously. Baruch Hashem, I'm happy that we expanded it a little bit. But Amnasen learns that there's a message here. What's the message that Rabbi Nachman saying? That the very thing that you think is the hardest for you. The very thing that you find is the most challenging, that's your Havaydah. That's where you need to go into it. Just like Rabbi Nachman, who found death such a terrifying thing to the point that he didn't find himself being drawn after the yearning for, for, for giving up his life and that was too fearful for him. Rabbi Nachman made that his Havaydah and he david about it and he thought about it and even though it was challenging for him. It itself was Mesir Asnabesh for him. That became his Havaydah. Let's take a look at a famous, famous teaching from Tzidka HaTzadik. And he says, He says, every person needs to know that thing that you find the most challenging. To each of us, it's something else. All of us have the thing that we struggle with. How gorgeous is this to move into Yom Kippur with this teaching? The things that we find, that we mamish when we're saying the alchetz, you know, there's one of them that really sticks out, that's really what we struggle with. You are a cle to be more pure than others that don't struggle so mightily with it. It's HaKadosh Baruch who tells you this is what your nashama came to the world to fix. Not only this is what you can fix, this is what you absolutely must and what you absolutely eventually will. And the things that a person sins in a lot—that thing that a person can't seem to stay away from—and falls into. A person needs to realize that in that place he's naki; he has the potential to be far, far cleaner. Ubaraleva and totally, totally clear. Wellakin Isa Babi Yikarabbah he brings the medrus says Shab Shabi Khataboy that the thing that a person has seen the lap in, Yasem mitzvah. That's the Aver that a person needs to go ahead and do many mitzvahs with. Now Pashub Shah to learn that my machazal is that well we need to fix what we broke. So if we broke something here, you gotta gotta fix it. Sezerb tzaddik, no. It's far deeper than that. The Medrash is telling us, ah, a person did a lot of avairs with his feet. That's where you have the potential to do the most mitzvahs. That's where we have the potential to succeed in the greatest possible fashion, to withhold and to be the most nucky, the most clean. Now, of course, he's speaking over here about things that are, that are loisaseis, things that are surmerat. In the area where we have fallen, we can become the most clean. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling you, this is how you fix what your soul came to this world to fix. Each of us was born to be in something. To be mesakin. That each and every one of us has a specific, unique mission. If only we could see things from Hashem's perspective. If only we could see each each other on Yom Kippur the way Akhadas Baruch Hu looks at us walking into shul doesn't see this conception of a human being he sees little pockets of his own spirit that Akhadas Baruch Hu puts into the goof and he knows each of us with our story and what we went through and what we need to go through and what we're striving in and what we're getting better at and what are Yom Kippur is going to look like this year and what it'll look like next year and what it looked like last year and Akhadas Baruch who loves us he has to he adores us he must. I refuse to believe that He doesn't. Hakadosh Baruch Hu adores us more than we could ever dream, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is guiding us, each and every one of us, toward tikkun. Ain Hakadosh Baruch Hu ba betrunya Hashem didn't create this and put us in this world to torment us, to torture us. He loves us. He adores us. And so each of us were sent to this world to fix something, and we will. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, ah, do you want to know how you're going to know what thing you need to fix? The thing that you find most challenging. That's where we need to focus the bulk of our effort, even though it's scary, even though sometimes we think, eh, it's useless because, look, I can't even do it. You couldn't. You can do it. You could do it. Because each person has something. <speaking in Hebrew> There's nobody else in Am Yisrael that has that specific that that person is able to fix. And he says, Just like we find that we all have different faces, an amazing thing. Every single human being, billions and billions of people, not just in this generation, trillions maybe, I don't know, of human beings that walked the earth throughout history, an amazing thing to think about. No two faces were the same because no two nefashists are the same. The the say the Tanoim, Amiram, used to ask each other, "What mitzvah was your father most specifically scrupulous in?" Because each person has something specific to fix. The and about this, the Gemara in says, just such a hard thing to understand. Why does a person need to stumble and fail in something in Yiddishkeit and then he has the potential to stand up and have a Sadik, Because without stumbling, you wouldn't know the arena of your future success. You, wouldn't, you won't know where the boxing ring is, where the match is taking place. You're going to come out on top. Focusing your life on the things that you find specifically challenging, that's your avoidah. And I want to close with this very short but very beautiful teaching from the Divrei Cheskel of Shinov where he fascinatingly says the same thing hafuch to the level of asetoy that it's not only true that on the level of surmerav the things that are the most challenging and the things we need to work on he says it's true for asetoy too. kol adas Moishah speaks to Am Yisrael. Says, "Hashem Baruch Hu commanded me to tell you, take from your, from yourself truma for Hashem." call a div yeviyah as truma. Hashem, every person of generous heart should go ahead and give truma to Hashem Baruch Hu. Says the Hilgushinaver, underlined and highlighted. <laughs> it's like really important and beautiful. Peyre she says, "Khu itchem." Do you want to know what this pasik means for you and me? What do we need to do, Kedren? Where should we take something to serve Hashem with? Look inside of you and take that which is most you and use that to serve Hashem. And I it's so beautiful. And the, and the Passover continues to explain. What, what does this mean to take you and give it to Hashem? Wherever your heart feels at home, as much as we can feel at home, right? Like you said, wherever you feel naturally drawn, whatever you feel is your personal propensity that you should channel to have you see it's the same thing but it's the opposite one is Sur Meirah the thing that the person finds most challenging that's your avoidance Sur Meirah and an Asetoy of that which you find most pleasant so many people grow up at least I did in a certain way in in an institution that gives off the impression that if Yiddishkeit is pleasant then, then you're doing something wrong. If it doesn't stink, if it's not really painful and frustrating and upsetting, it's not, then you're not serving Hashem. Here, the Diveri Cheskel gives this liberating, beautiful, beautiful, I, I can't even put it into words, called, Davar shal u'mes'ave davar ba'atz find that which you are most most at home find that thing that you love doing find that thing that you're talented in find that thing where your soul sings and bring that to Baruch Hu. as true as Hashem not just to use it for lowly things a person loves scotch a person feels a certain affinity good use it for Hashem a person loves drawing. A person loves playing music. We have a, a few musicians over here. Heleke Elisha, Mamish, one of the top musicians in the world. Right? So if you, you're good with music, what you can do? You bring it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's Mikam. Mikam. If only I could give this message over to every Yid in Kal Yisrael. Do you know how many people need to hear this? How freeing this Torah is. It's a Torah schayim. So all of like I can't do it because I can't am just one person, but all of us could do it. All of us need to do it. Spread this Torah, Spread all these teachings that we're giving over. Find somebody to learn with. We're starting our new year. Make new says People are ready. People are ready. Go through your contacts, find a person. And and and, and Shua over here from he has Belvavi over there, Shua Mamish understands what this means. Because he started an amazing organization. I think based in Muncie, but it's a WhatsApp community for anybody that comes back from Yeshiva is looking for a place, a context to grow. And to, he got the message. Shua Mamish got the message. All of us need to get the message. All of us are getting the message. We need to do so much. I'm a nobody. I am a nobody. I really, be- I miss- know that. I mean that. But I'm a Yid that believes that I was put to this world not to waste time. And that, and that if I know Aleph, I need to teach Aleph. And that there are Yidin that could gain from the teachings that I've been Zaychah to connect with. And all of us, I bless us all, mamish, to feel this way. I bless myself to continue to feel this way. Call somebody, make a Chavrusah, offer him to learn. You'll be surprised. People are desperately thirsty. Find a Yid that like Reb Nassim, when he was a little child, he walked around with that question, could it be? Could it be that this is the Tachlis? Find a Jew like that in your life. And introduce him to, to to Gan Eden in this world that, that would otherwise be Gehenna, And introduce him to what it means. Simcha sachaim. Banar hoyulu stam. the special kind of laughter about tiskak liyoim acharin. We should be zechechechever to a gemar chasimut coming into Yom Kippur. Birchas hedyet. We should be to come into Yom Kippur with this teaching. With this teaching. And to really be misboinin as we have a day of death. A day of mamish tachirichin. How much sweeter that makes life. How sane it is. What a focus there is. We're free. We're free from this world. We're free from death. We're free from the next. We're Pashat free. I bless us to stay free. Stay connected. Stay healthy in understanding that those things that we find the most difficult, that's a place that's ready for us to succeed. And to really be misbeying on all the good things. And all of us have such good things and find further ways to how to go ahead and to bring that from us toward our K'adosh Baruch following the scavenger of life. So we, Chaz don't waste our time. And we're not wasting our time. We're doing great. Our mama's is doing great. So I wish you a gemar chasim yor, chalkeinu What a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you for joining me. Don't want to go over time, but it's so.